0: Welcome to the From Little Things podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kinidaro, and together on this show, we'll speak with Aussie small business owners, founders, and entrepreneurs to share their stories and learn from those who have been on the journey from little things and beyond, so we can make it easier for you to succeed in business and life. From Little Things is brought to you by Papera, the all-in-one solution that makes business easy for Aussie Soul traders, company directors, and small business owners. You can learn more and get started for free at papera.com. Daniel,
1: welcome to the show today. How are you going? Fantastic. Keen to dive deep into the world of business, life, and wealth,
0: I guess. Fantastic. So uh, for everyone listening today, we have Daniel Monge on the show. Daniel, I always love to get our guests to uh, introduce themselves. So uh, perhaps if you can kick us off, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you're doing today.
1: At the moment, current big focus is... Being a tech founder within the AI space, tech space—that's uh, been from associated past of being in Web3, blockchain consulting, starting a bunch of businesses and events, uh, podcasting included. Uh, whether it was like network marketing back in the days, getting sucked into one of those, uh, started a few things, but have found down my feet along the way. Different aspects—you don't truly find your feet, but. You end up getting in a sense of a direction where you can close your eyes and, you know, what are the next few steps and not the 10.
0: Awesome. And um, so, Syndicate X, is that the AI business that
1: you're currently running? Yeah, AI consulting firm, uh, agency, currently focusing on the biggest problems within businesses and what are their most repetitious tasks, particularly focused on manufacturers. Uh, wasn't the after that i thought i would go down directly uh, it's not the sexiest industry to be in but shifted a bit of focus now into working with online communities coaches coaches of coaches because of the direct impact that ai can have if if the narrative is that ai is going to take over the world and take our jobs and that's the theory what is then the one thing that ai cannot replace and if we dive down and break it all down well the one thing that it can't replace is the human connection that you and i have and community therefore if i can help businesses that have communities engage further with their people then i believe that does some good into the world awesome well look i'd love to dive a little bit
0: deep into that as we chat through the show today Uh, but perhaps um i'd really love to understand like how you got to this point so uh, often when we talk to people, there's, there are certain points throughout their life or certain moments throughout their journey where they've sort of registered in their minds that they wanted to become an entrepreneur, uh, whether it was passionate about something that, or an experience that led them there. Um, and others, it's kind of been sort of, they've grown up always feeling inside that they always wanted to become an entrepreneur. Um, so if you can just take us back a little bit, sort of what was the
1: earliest that you reflect on when you knew you wanted to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, it's fascinating when you ask that question. The first thought that comes to mind is, what was the first thinking about business or being an entrepreneur that persuaded me away from it? And I know for a lot of people that is within their internal family and a few, a few people off, it's seeing business being done the wrong way and saying, I would never do that because of how stressful it looks. And that's owning an S-quadrant business where you work on the business instead of the business working for you. So growing up, that's all I really saw is family members being hyper-stressed with the, the daily tasks of a business. And I said, that sounds terrible. That looks, that does not look enjoyable. As I progressed, found founded the right mentors online and in person to expand my mind into what could be possible. And those mentors, I had to go and I had to go and seek them and just come into your life I was actively going out to events, seminars and saying, all right, not asking directly, how can you be my mentor, but providing value or even pouring a lot of positivity in online through podcasts, through your figures like your Gary V's, um, now your Alex Mosey's. There, there was a point in... At the age of 19, I said, all right, I'm starting a podcast. I know I need to start one. Don't know what on, haven't a clue. Pulled out my phone and said, all right, starting a podcast, I'm going to be talking to music artists. And that came about from sitting down for a moment in my mind uh, and saying, what do I enjoy most in this world? What, what resonates most? What am I most passionate about? And... I realized it was events at the time, speaking to music artists and giving them a platform to share their story. I was meeting phenomenal music artists within the Australian scene and couldn't believe that they weren't getting the spotlight. So I said, how can I then give them the spotlight if the network isn't? Uh, I should take some personal accountability, even though I've never been in music and now I'm, not, I'm no longer in music. But at that time, that was the... That was the direction. So Dan, Daniel, like,
0: I'm I'm keen to um just understand that a little bit better. So um so you it was I uh, did a little bit of research and, and noticed you started off in, with a marketing background. Um, and you mentioned you you grew up and was surrounded by people where business was really stressful. So at 19, where maybe a lot of people that have had that experience of making decisions around you know what should my career be, um, or you know how do I take less risk and set myself up maybe for a, a longer term journey. Uh, what drew you to to take that leap into starting that podcast, you know, did you consider just continuing down the marketing path? Like what was that reflection point where you looked at, you know, I want to do what makes me happy as opposed to what might get me paid, paid uh, better dollars faster or um, whatever else sort of inspires people to do things.
1: I believe in looking at the the fruit of result, right? And what I mean by that is if you look at a tree and you see the end result of a tree and you know what fruit is there, then you'll see what, your path is, and that analogy is referred to like university. In this case, was when through university was studying uh, law and criminology. Yep, did a year of random subjects and said, right, "I'm learning nothing here." So maybe it's the wrong degree I'm taking. Should, should take a business degree. Shifted into business. Within the first week, I said, "These guys have no clue what they're talking about. They, they are, they are clueless." I'm in a class with a guy that is failed a business, gone through his website, and he does not know what he's doing. I'm in an entrepreneurship class from teachers that aren't entrepreneurs, teaching me about entrepreneurship because they have failed and have now caught a safety net of being a professor at a university. So I shifted the other direction and said, oh, well, these people have done it. Perhaps it would be a good effort to listen to them. And they were people online and then it was about discerning information because it's just so much of like, you can go down this way, that way. And it's peeling growing with that gut feeling.
0: And um, and what, yeah, so you may have just touched on it then, but uh, what, what, what gave you the focus? How did you know where to start? So uh, you, as you mentioned, you, you weren't a musician, you hadn't run an entertainment business. Uh, what gave you the confidence to go and tackle
1: doing this for uh, Undiscovered Artists? Uh, well, you, you never know. You never you never know the next test, but it's getting around the right people. It's a cliche. You get around the right people and you fail. You'll fail. You, you will fail across the, the journey, but it will definitely be a lesson in in some way in retrospect where it's a week, a day, a, a year. Uh, You'll never know until you just do it. And what's the harm of doing it and documenting your journey of where you started? Like I'm no longer in music yet, but I can appreciate that part so deeply about me in the past, uh, that, that it sits in a, in a season in my life and anyone that comes into your life is for a reason of the season or a lifetime.
0: Oh, I like that. So, uh, and so then share with us, how long did you run that business and, um, what were some of the key learnings or some of the key reasons why you stopped running it? It was
1: a business that started off uh, with purely providing media to music artists, many, many documentaries, and transitioned then into being poached by a record label and doing some work for them. They, and keep in mind, I was trying to reach out to record labels through emails, through LinkedIn, didn't hear anything. They, they had no reason to bring me on board. I literally remember emailing over 100 people, I will do anything to work for you for free. Uh, this, is, this is my these are my skills, which are very minimal. And at the time, I thought I was providing value, but really I was asking for more than than what could be given. So if I was to go back and say, all right, how could I go about this differently? It would be finding the direct problem within their business or personal brand or journey and solving that problem, which we're sharing it on a video to be hyper-personalized and sending that out. But to answer your question, that business transitioned then into a company called Hip Hop Charts AU, which I started with a few people from the record label that first uh, got me on it years ago. And we started essentially the problem that it was solving was, hey, there's tens of thousands of artists. Everyone says they're the best. Let's prove them by giving them a chart and bringing the community closer together. Uh, so we aggregated and we saw who was faking their numbers on Spotify who was running them up who was actually the best artist and we posted that chart people loved it people were asking me oh, can I, can I get a shout out can you make a video on us and that later it led us to working with the MBL uh within I think it was six days trying to give them a pitch and say hey we have an idea we want to bring local artists to the MBL uh, for the first time of a a halftime show for hip-hop and NBL because we saw so clearly that these two exist together. It makes
0: sense. That's really cool. And how did you think about monetizing that? So, uh, I mean, don't strike me as someone that had experience before that in building you know, enterprise partnerships uh, with large sporting organizations. Like, how did you go and learn about this? So you said it wasn't it wasn't school, it wasn't university. Um, was it mentors that were unlocking that for you or were, were you meeting people along the way in the journey that were kind of
1: opening those doors for you? For sure. I mean, asking for business partnerships, sales, uh, pretty much asking for money. That last point has definitely been the hardest part of my journey. It's knowing your value because I never started business to get into it for money. I didn't start the podcast for money did start an events company later and another events company later. So it was never about money. It comes to a certain point where you say, okay, well, we're running a business here. How do we, how do we go about it? And I believe the biggest mistake that I've made within business is getting into partnership with people that is too similar to you. Okay. And it's a. Do you mean that from a, a values perspective, or from a behavioural, maybe characteristics or skill set perspective? From a particular skill set behaviour, um, because yeah. you need to have a common vision together. That's the first layer of cement that you you stack and say, "Oh well, do we have a common vision? Are we going in the same direction?" Like okay. it. Yeah. Well, what do you bring to the table? I bring this. I bring this. And at the start, it can lead into. Um, this is more of the recent business around another AI company, SAS, that we built. But I say that to say when two two skill sets are too similar, you end up missing pockets. Uh, so if you're good in sales, then the other person should be good in technical. If you're good in marketing, they should be good at operations and fulfill that gap. So for me, I had the fortune of finding great friends where I said, all right, give it to me straight. What what are your thoughts and they would point out hey you're not driving sales in this area where are your numbers here you're spending x amount so it was seeking those people that had that skill set that objective thinking that went emotional about it they said doesn't doesn't matter who you're doing business business with you're doing it with friends but hey at the end of the day you have to get paid literally was on a call yesterday about it still still a common skill set that i'm developing that's awesome
0: and walk us through then, how did you make that transition from entertainment to AI? Um, and what I'd love to unpack here is, at what time, point in time is this that you decided that you'd pursue a business in the space of AI?
1: I was in the entertainment space for around two, three years. Yep. And as soon as we did that MBL time, like half-time show, we said, cool, we've got momentum, we're about to ride with, know, with the MBL, think about the possibilities. Look at all the artists that are now coming to us. Uh, All we could get advertisement from. We had connections with MTV, uh, a few other business partnerships. Boom. COVID smacks us in the face. All right. Well, we run an in-person events company. That's not going to happen because we don't know how long COVID's going to last. Our charting system. Well, no artists are putting out music during COVID, at least at the start. No one's saying, well, this is going to ride. Perfect time for people to consume content online. No artist is thinking about that. They're just thinking about their livelihood. They've lost probably a part-time job. So I shifted into the wild world of NFTs in 2020. And during COVID, I had the most amazing season of my life of learning where worked out every single day and learned about NFTs online. Uh, At the time I had a part-time job in sales. I was on the road listening to Twitter or at the time club clubhouse spaces. Yes. Speaking yep. to tech founders, now tech founders that have got, begun like gone on to become millionaires, uh, founders of early projects. And it was purely learning, asking all the questions at I get started in NFTs. What the hell are NFTs? What is crypto? Or what's the what's the next wave? first NFT I bought went down to zero. Second went down to zero. Third went down to zero. I was almost blind investing. But at the time I thought, we're going to make it. We're in. We're we're locked in. This is it. Post one year later, after learning and developing, I guess, a skill set within the industry of being able to, to identify communities and trends, I, again, asked myself the same question. Which was, all right, well, who in around my physical space is into NFTs? Oh, well, there's, there's no one doing it. Oh, well, perhaps I should do it. Same same re- recurring thing. So went on to Facebook and Eventbrite, did, didn't think anything of it, didn't say I want to build a massive brand, bought an event, went on Canva, 15 minutes, put a board at your Club, put a few other pictures in there, made it look sexy. And posted it and said, "All right, two weeks of throwing in an event at this coffee shop. Come by if you like NFTs." Eight people Very showed cool. up. <laughs> yeah. Eight people showed up. I was like, "Ah, there's people. Half of them are my friends, but there's people." <laughs> All right, cool. Hey, you guys want to? You guys want to do this again? Yeah, hundred percent. This is awesome. Like, hey, there's other people in into nfts we've never had an event like this before didn't know it exists because we're all we are all online COVID's just finished finished and we're we're, we're here all right two weeks later i've another event 16 people another event 30 people hey this is uh this has got some traction this is kind of cool people like this so daniel I'll just interrupt you there i mean
0: um it seems at this point what, what you're sharing with us is like you're starting to inspire a movement what what do you think it was that brought those people together? Like it probably wasn't just the cafe, right? Probably wasn't just uh, this was like this awesome cafe that did something special. But um doesn't sound like that's what the point is here. But um, what what do you think it is that was growing this community? What was giving them value and bringing them back?
1: I think the the beauty about starting a community is... I've, I've found for other people, they believe that their biggest barrier is they don't have that set. Yeah. They don't, they don't know enough about X X topic. They do not know how to sell it. They don't know how to build it. They haven't made any money in it. And that was me at that time with it. I'd, I'd made some, uh, wins later to become on bigger though with, within the community, you will see any online community, especially the ones being built in school. A lot of these leaders and starters, they don't have the skill set and leaders. They come to you. Like it gets built within the community. So I no longer am the crypto expert, the person next to me that's been in Bitcoin and mining it since high school is. So what brings people together is everyone brings some skill set to the table. Yep. Uh, People love to talk about themselves. People love to learn. People love to teach. People love to bring bring something to the table it's like it's a community and everyone was there because we they knew we had nothing to sell and we were building culture and that culture was based on later values of connecting creating and collaborating and ensuring that we had artists there vcs tech founders but that came that came later it was at the start just get into a room and create a conversation and and how how big did this community get to so that eight lender uh, lead to over, over four cities, five, I think five, including New Zealand. Amazing. Uh, 500 people in a van flying to New Zealand, 200 people flying again, uh, more spend it to Sydney. And these were people that would drive 10 hours down from Sydney to attend our event. I said, you guys are, cra- you guys are crazy. What, why did you? Oh, we saw it online. We have to get around it. We have to support. Okay, you guys are wild. What's happening in? Hey, what, what's happening in Sydney? What's happening in your city? No, nothing. We need. We need this. All right, we'll fly on over and go start a community. Do the same. Hey, Gold Coast, what are you guys doing? Yeah, we need you guys to come down and do the same here. And it's not like they didn't they couldn't do it without us. It's just there was a a culture that was being created a uh, high standard awesome no that, that was the a bit of the journey around the web 3 community and building that out and, and so we 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 haven't um, yet got to
0: to what brought you to ai but i'm 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 gonna ask shortly what what was the why did you stop doing web 3 and i, I think i might know the answer but I, i'd still love to hear sort of what happened in your words and in your journey but um um but well,
1: let's go with that first and then I'll, I'll get to my next point yeah so at this time we're building out a web3 company and now I've now helped another company start to do some events as well more locally uh, we've connected with Solana foundation Flow the AFL uh, the Australian Open we've done events across right. the board with a bunch of different brands so I will right, we'll, we've got a grasp on the event space digitally online doing events within the mint like metaverse doing them in decentraland, and doing them in person even better uh, we, we, we knew it. We knew, we knew what keys to turn to make the event pop off where we said, all right, well, we've done, we've done Australia. We've done New Zealand. What next? How can we make this vision even bigger? Cause that, at the end of the day, it was like, how can we impact more people? Music was okay. How can we impact people locally? Hip hop charts. Okay. How can we impact people nationally? NFTs. How can we impact artists all across the world? NFT APAC, which was then the brand, how can we impact people all across Asia, uh, the Asia Pacific? But uh, what's the next space that every Australian New Zealander goes to? Well, Bali. All right. <laughs> let's go to Bali. One one-way ticket. One-way ticket, let's make it happen. Went to Bali and then called NFT Bali and said, like, we're purely here to digest what the culture's like. Always when you enter a new territory, it's particularly in a new country. The, the biggest hack in growing in another country that you're not from is connecting with the locals and becoming best friends with the locals and providing value. It's the biggest hack. Just on that point, did you
0: feel that you being physically present was really important to doing that?
1: Given like percent. most
0: of this is digital, maybe talk us through a little bit about
1: why that's important, given most of the business is done digitally. That thousand, thousand percent. I mean, I've been on NFTs for a few years. Is at this point and made many connections online. A lot of these people are, are anonymous, a lot of particularly within the blockchain space. Yeah, they're anonymous and they don't want their identity to be shown. And to get a true sense of a person, literally a handshake will change everything. And I'll tell you why in a moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're we are in Bali, connecting with many people. A friend has a connection in Vietnam. We had an idea of Web3 at the time. It was a piece of tech that integrated with garments and allowed the tracking of garments, and we had a whole marketing idea around it and how it could revolutionize the garment industry. That person was connected to a a very, very high, high, high person in the garment industry that had produced clothing for Nike, Mr. Beast, uh, Kendrick Lamar, Drake, Justin Bieber top tier, top tier brands. So he said, wow. Okay, well let's go on a whim. He said, do you want to go to my business partner? Time? Do you want to go to Vietnam and go explore this? Why not? Why not? Like we're already on this part of the world. Let's take the risk. Went to Vietnam, sat down with uh, an executive. Without my frame of mind, My expectation was we're going to go there, we're going to pitch an idea, and it's either going to go two ways, going to say yes or no, or maybe later. Got there, brought up the topic of, you know, what's the what's the process of building out with you guys before we even got to any sense of a pitch. She pretty much said, minimum order quantity is X amount, which was way (laughs) way above any Web three brand we knew could handle. Yeah. Particularly at the time of the industry, not flying, didn't even bother with the bitch. Going through this conversation, I'm like, how can we at least provide value and understand more and learn? Because it's not every day you get to connect with these people. Brought up the topic of AI. Said, "Hey, what are you, what are you, what are you guys doing with AI? Like, are you guys using it in your design? No." Uh, how about your operations? Are you guys using it? No. How about like predictive? No, no. What, what's, what are you talking about? Oh, you don't know what's happening with this AI movement? Like it's everywhere. <laughs> you should definitely, definitely be using it now. This is a new wave. Okay. Thought to herself. This is very interesting. Keep in mind two two to five minute conversation around AI. So could you just give me the, what year was this when we are talking about
0: this? Uh, a year ago. Okay. So, and a couple of other questions. Um, how, how have you, so for those that can't see you, you're you're a young guy. And I mean, in a positive way, um, you've done phenomenally well and achieved a lot. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Um, and I say that in a positive way, in the sense that you've been able to overcome these boundaries that a lot of people get stuck at around getting senior buying um, with not necessarily having the traditional sense of experience but you're able to learn a lot and you're able to learn very quickly. What I'm keen to understand is what what do you think has worked for you in being able to get that cut through to meeting those senior stakeholders that then you're having these conversations with? So that's the first question. Second question is how are you educating yourself to be on the forefront of these topics as they're becoming emerging topics? Uh,
1: absolute numbers game when reaching out. People always ask me, "How did you get on a person with a million followers? How did you get on next person to your podcast or your event or to do the speaking gig?" I uh, said, so "I just, I just reached out. <laughs> just, I just said what's up?'" I it's crazy to realize the amount of people that want to tell their story. Everyone wants to tell their story. Everyone, everyone loves to have the the camera on them and to. That's so how we got you here today. <laughs> like, well, that's why we're here. You, me, you make me look pretty, you make me sound good, like I know something. I'm still figuring it out like the rest of you. And yeah. people say yes, hey, people say no. But people are just afraid to ask yep. in general.
0: Okay, uh, so it's been more about just, just being willing to give it a go as opposed to worrying about,
1: yeah, the potential rejection. The, if you're asking all the right questions, you're, you're never on to fall on the sword, you, you, you'll never be hurt. If you're leading the conversation, you can lead it into any direction you want. You have the, the powers in your hands, Daniel. You are you have the power right now. We can go and talk about <laughs> anything you want. And the same goes within business, right? If you come up from it at a place as I'm a student right here, I'm starting and you keep that mindset every single day and continuing even when you are with executives, then you win. You, you win in the end because you'll always be learning. Is that the, the point of what we're all trying to do is to learn more about ourselves and others? So, okay, how can I then develop the skill set, like you're saying, to then provide a solution to people's problems? Because yeah. I can talk about it, I can ask all the right questions, but if I don't have the solutions, and I'm cooked. YouTube has become my best friend in this game. Okay. It's playing and testing hundreds of different softwares. In my my case, it was different softwares on how to use it and solve problems. People ask me, how do I use AI? Why don't you try asking AI how to use AI? It it works. (laughs) It works. Uh, Yeah, YouTube. YouTube are your best friends. Sometimes you don't need to pay for $1,000 courses on a particular topic. Yeah, just diving in, taking action on that, all this free advice. And eventually you'll get down a road where you may have to invest a small amount and you'll be able to dictate if it's worth it. Yeah. Awesome. That's really good.
0: So you've met this senior uh, executive in the garment industry in Vietnam. Um, Gone back. You've spoken about AI. I take it he's bought into the idea.
1: Yeah, no, she, she, yeah, she was uh, incredible. She thought AI was, wow, get back into the Uber, we drive home. I said, that was a terrible meeting. Man. That was a waste of our time. Could have done that over Zoom if they wanted to just have a chat and dinner. Yeah. yeah I'm an amazing person and lovely conversation, but um, I'm in the season of business and wanting to move forward, right? I'm, I've just left Australia on a one-way ticket. There's no messing around. We had a time crunch. Well, we get back to the apartment, say, all right, well, what's next? We get a text from the executive. She says, Hey Maria, my I found would love to meet you. Tomorrow. What are you doing for breakfast? Uh, oh, nothing. Cool, we'll send a driver to pick you up. Driver gets sent in the morning. Uh, we get put to his house, which is a beautiful area in Vietnam and extremely inviting and gracious family. In his in his home it must mean a lot right? No one just invites you to a home without them knowing you, let alone somebody that runs a extremely one profitable business and impactful business to the world. It's top sustainable company in the world. Um, they're doing a lot of innovation in that space as well as working with very cool artists and brands. He says, all right, we're at the breakfast table. It's himself, his wife, his sister-in-law, the executive, and my business partner and I, all right, guys, what's, what's the go with AI? What, what is cooking? What is cooking? Coming into this business conversation was our frame. How can we provide as much value as possible, find their problem? And purely that's our intention. Got to the end of the conversation and he was blown away around what AI could do for his company and asked us, when can you start? That's keep nice in thing. mind, we don't have an AI company at the time. It's not registered. We've done tech consulting across multiple areas and we've had wins on the board across different spaces of viral marketing, uh, marketing campaigns and events and building culture, but not working for, well, with a business of this size, uh, in this, in this particular industry, yeah, well. Got to the drawing board, within 24 hours, whipped up a whole new website, emails, made it super professional, sent down an email saying, cool, we'll be back in a week, flew back to Bali, closed the deal, and that's the start of the AI company.
0: And uh, did you use AI tools to build that website?
1: Yeah, (laughs) a thousand percent. I asked AI to build out my business name. Fantastic. Don't overthink it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That's um. Look, it's a really impressive story that you've shared so far, and I think um, for me, one of the characteristics I look for um in people that I work with and, and people that take on big challenges is the um the ability to learn. And I think uh, I'm keen to hear your, your views on this because you've you've, ex- you've demonstrated that you've got this this great ability to learn and you're one step ahead of maybe everyone else when it comes to an emerging technology, right? You've, you've gone the wave of podcasting, uh, the wave of NFTs and crypto, and, and now you're into AI. Um, what do you think? And, and, and again, just reflecting on your, you're part of Gen Z I'll take it. Um, sure. so reflecting on sort of where the context you've had through growing up with technology, um, being able to learn from anywhere basically Uh, anything that you want to learn what do you think the future of business is going to look like
1: i think to in order to catch a trend it's not about being one step ahead of the next person it's not about being two steps it's about being 10 steps ahead of the next person Uh, and this Mm -hmm. is a concept my friend in crypto told me this is a trader and i said how do you How do you get ahead? Because everyone thinks they need to be two steps ahead. You really need to be 10 steps ahead of the next person. I said, oh, my, bruh, I'm not even that step two. What are you talking about, 10 steps? And when I look at the future of business and the future of the way we interact with each other, I always look at the next generation that's coming. I've been fortunate to grow up with a younger brother that's 12 years younger than myself. I I obsess over what he does on his phone and computer and how he interacts with people. The other day, for instance, we're on the couch, and I said, what are you playing? Looks, looks like there's players and there's betting involved. Well, that is his phone. He's like, this is an online betting platform. And I said, no, that is teaching you how to trade crypto and leverage trade. He's like, oh, if you do an AX here, you get this player. I said, they're teaching you how to leverage trade. With fake money, this is crazy. Okay, then gamification is going to be very huge in this next generation. Yeah, it's a massive part. Online communities, is going to stand still. It's going to stand the test of time in business. Every business needs to be one, a media company. Right now, you're a media company as well as your technical skill. Every community uh, is going to have to expand outside just of being of community. What do I've you mean by that? Pop- what do you mean by that? Yeah. You just a, a, lot of, that. a lot of people, uh, old school way of online communities, maybe they sell one course, people come together and they all talk on a forum. Facebook group, it's moved from Discord. You've got now Circle.so. You've now got School with a K. Um, yeah. Alex Formose is pushing with Sam Ovens. It's going quick. It's, it's happening. It's popping. The evolution of these online businesses and communities is that They'll begin to one cross sell you on a uh, software that they're using and they'll probably build that software because it's so easy to build. Yep. Or more revenue. They're going to cross sell you on another product or more revenue. They have to provide more than now, just the community. Uh, even though that is the most powerful aspect, future business is going to be. You and I are perhaps interacting with our AI agents or our AI agents interacting together, perhaps at some point. Yep. The difference between a, a chatbot and an agent is vastly different. Chatbot, you just interact with AI agent and you give it instructions and makes decisions and performs those actions, like being on a Zoom meeting, negotiating, and coming to a deal. Yeah, do that could do that for you. And, um, I didn't
0: ask before, but how big is your team at Syndicate X? Uh,
1: globally, uh, five, five plus people. Okay, from Developers, sales team, uh, people that are far more technical than I am. But yep. we like have to build a lot of no code. And um, to what
0: extent does AI, or to what extent is AI used by you in the business to
1: keep that team small and deliver value? Uh, in every single aspect. If uh, I'm teaching companies how to use AI, then we have to use it ourselves, right? And that's why. Our team is so small and works well. It's because I, I understand what needs to be done internally to ensure that people just aren't there to be there. And and do you feel that? Um, so we talk about
0: future of business. What do you think we're likely to see going forward in terms of size of business? Are you, are you do you anticipate there'll be more businesses of your size? Which. Are using AI or do you think that people will naturally want to build larger businesses and incorporate
1: AI? Like, How are you thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, traditionally, one, you could bootstrap and come up with your own capital to build a business. Second option, particularly within tech, a lot of people go and raise money. They say, cool, we have a great business idea. It's traction. Let's go raise money. Sam, Sam Altman put a statement out the other day. I'm sure you saw it. He said, there's going to be one person that builds a one-person company that is a billion dollars. they're going to build it. Uh, The new term for it is solopreneur. Yep. And they're going going to build it alone. And they're going to leverage these tools around AI and tech to build out a whole team. Because with these agents, AI agents, you can now build out different teams for different departments to execute these tasks. Uh, So I believe that the size of businesses will be far smaller. The skill set and talent would purely increase it. Does that's what technology does? Technology has always done that. Whether it's in sports, sports only gets better. How cool is that? Yeah, it's a a lot of a lot of good for the world. Uh There's the the darker side of AI and it taking over the world. But look at it from two ways. You have to be optimistic. It's technology. Yeah, you have to join it, utilize it for the best of humanity. Well, I think or, you've already touched on. Yeah, I think you've already touched on the importance of community and the importance of connection.
0: And I don't think it, it's never going to replace that um in yep. fact that make it more important. So but and I agree with you by the way, and um we believe that there will be more uh either one person run or, or small team businesses out there because you're using AI to achieve a lot more with less. Um and I guess one more question then around uh uh well you know what we haven't gone into too much with Syndicate X is what are the types of problems you're helping these businesses solve
1: particularly Onboarding clients, I'll just speak on the most recent one. Yeah. There's a person that's head of sales for an incredible coaching business. Very simply, he says, dude, I have to create a new contact. I have to create a new Zoom link. I have to send them an email. I have to text them. I said, how long does that take to onboard the person before you even get to begin pitching them? Takes probably an hour because of the amount of volume that he's doing. That, oh, you can you know you know you can automate that. Not even with AI. Automate it. And he said, really? I said, yeah, not everything has to be AI. And a lot of people come to me, and a lot of companies come to me and they say, how can we use AI to solve this problem? Yep. So oh, have, you, have you ever thought you don't need AI to solve the problem? You just need to automate it. What do you mean?
0: But, yeah, mm-hmm. I think the reality is there's still the shift from manual to digitization automation and then intelligence but um a lot of people sort of miss those middle
1: steps (laughs) yeah yeah a thousand percent right like even within blockchain and crypto just a lot of companies around that the height and we're going to see it again we're saying all right how do i get blockchain and crypto into my company hey do you do you need that how about you just start building a community first instead of trying to launch an nft and the same goes with ai it's like just because ai can solve the problem doesn't mean it needs to so in this case yeah we sorted that whole problem saved him seven hours a week 24 hours across a month or 24 hours plus okay what are you gonna do with 24 hours more or well, you can take 20 more calls or that aq yeah. equals to x amount of revenue they say, wow uh okay I just got a 20x increase for implementing one ai automation so this is just the start like that's just one tweak in your business uh other other areas are predict- the daniel the thing around ai is the more data that you have the more power that you have the the better questions that you have the more powerful the ai is with ai you have you have a, a round table of the smartest people in the world world sitting with you you're leading the conversation People say AI doesn't work. No, AI works. It's just, you don't know how to work it. This is yeah. a difference. It's, yeah. a, it's a matter of that comes into prompting and prompt engineering and it being the highest skill set that people are falling over these days. Yeah. But if you have more data, more problems that you can bring to the table and say, hey, this is what we're trying to cook up. with These are all the ingredients. Think of it like a cooking show. Yep. The more ingredients you have, the more ideas that you can create and the better tasteful dish could can then provide at the end. Yeah, I mean, I
0: like to think of it more as like an augmentation tool. So, you know, um, you've got your brain and this has the power to plug in a whole bunch of other brains to solve problems that you need to seed it with the
1: problems you're trying to solve. I like that.
0: Daniel, um, so, you know, this has been a fascinating conversation and, and like super impressed by what you've achieved uh, so early on in your, in your journey. Um, and you've still got so much more to do. Um, quick question about sort of generational, uh, sort of perspective. So we touched on, um, if you're part of the Gen Z generation, you've got a younger brother that you've been able to see sort of differences as well. How do you think about sort of the products and services that are available in the world at the moment? So most large organizations are still run by people that are either in the boomer generation and this transition to Gen X. Do you feel like mainstream Products and services are built for Gen Z.
1: No, not necessarily. Look at the way they're marketed. <laughs> you can you can tell quite quickly that they're not they're not made for us. Because, like, I mean, the iPhone is made for everybody. There's brands that stand still for everyone. Look at it, Mr. Beast. His audience is 65 plus from 12 under. Yeah, that's a. That's a brand that you want to to work. It's a,
0: with. It's a generationally enduring brand.
1: Yeah, <laughs> correct. But they're, they're a rare breed. It's a. I find that question hard to ask because I guess it goes to it depends on which product and service. But when what I look about at when promo, it comes to
0: doing business? So the resources, the tools and resources available to you, um, that would be known as mainstream items.
1: I believe the value in them is there. Meaning the underlying principles are greater than Gen Z's. However, the packaging of it, yeah, they're pack- they're packaging it into a cardboard box and saying, "Here's everything to learn around business. Here it is." Yeah, and Gen Z is like, "No, put it in a nice video with some ribbons around it, some candy. This is how I've consumed everything in my life up <laughs> until here. Yeah. Yep. If you know me well, why are you giving it to me in this package? So the same thing is in the box." Yeah. It just has, has more flavor than the other one.
0: No, that's, that's, uh, that's really insightful. Thanks for sharing that. Um, awesome. Look, we're getting to the end of our time together and, and it's been really insightful. Um, just to wrap, help us wrap up, just looking to really understand, you know, personally through this journey today, what are kind of three big learnings that you could share uh, to help our audience that are either looking to get started or are on the journey? Um, so these are three big learnings that you've had personally that have helped you get to where you are today?
1: Three learnings. When I look at it from a, from a chronological order, one, you're overthinking it. You know what you need to do Just start. That goes across for uh, the board for everyone at whatever stage that you're in, you know what you need to do. I'm not going to tell you something that's going to be metaphysically and change your life forever. You know what you need to do. Go and start it. Second thing would be, Embrace the repetitious and boring acts and see what comes at the end of it. Uh, Because you will never know whose life you're going to impact from one video, one message, uh, one post. I never thought I would impact this many people. I know multiple people that have gotten six-figure jobs and life-changing jobs and gone on to create amazing businesses purely from... When I look in retrospect, me just putting a post and saying, come to this event, then later connecting with an executive that works at, I won't mention companies, but phenomenal companies. And the third third thing comes to mind is we're in an attention economy. Business is changing. And if you want to build a business of the future, make sure that it is AI proof. How do you build a business that is AI-proof, community, content, <laughs> connecting the dots with people? That's amazing.
0: Awesome lessons and, and no doubt uh, there'll be many more and you've got a great journey ahead of you. Daniel, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Loved learning about your story and, and lessons and wishing you all the best for what comes next. Legend, much appreciated brother. that. Thanks so much, Sharon. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks so much. From Little Things is brought to you by Papero. The all-in-one solution that makes business easy for Aussie sole traders, company directors, and small business owners. You can learn more and get started for free at papero.com. From Little Things is part of the Sonic Boom network of podcasts. To get your brand started on its own podcast, visit sonicboom.vc.